God's love goes on and on. It is nonstop. He loves us so much. He sent his son in a manger just to die on a cross for us. Good morning and welcome to Crosswalk. We are so glad you're here with us. We're celebrating Christmas and we're just so excited and just so much going on today. Just turn around to the people next to you. Just tell them good morning. You love them. High five for Jesus. Shake their hands. We good? Yes, we're on. Thank you. All right. Good morning again. Go ahead and make your way back to your seats and grab your bulletins. We'll get started here. Welcome again and Merry Christmas to everyone. On the back of your bulletins, there is a tear-off portion. If you are a guest, if you're a guest of any kind, if you feel like you're a guest, fill it out, put it in the offering plate, and uh, we'd love to follow up with you about Mechanicsville Baptist. On the other side, the side with the decision information at the bottom is a place for prayer requests. Any prayer requests you may have, we'll pray every week in our staff time uh, for those requests. So feel free to put those on and put them in the offering plate as they go by. Uh, on the back are opportunities for the week. I wanted to make a mention there's also an insert in your bulletin about the uh, poinsettias for 2018 and who they are in memory of. So thank you for uh, giving to the Ponzettas, and I guess they take them next week, Tim? After Christmas Eve services when you take them. So if, if they are yours, you can take them after tomorrow. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve, Tim. My goodness. After tomorrow night. So thank you again, and you can look over that list of the Ponzettas and who they are in memory of. Uh, today we do have... Uh, a, a couple changes. There's still no heat over in the sanctuary, so the 11 o'clock service will be right here once again. So leave the chairs up again this week for that and for the Christmas Eve services. And then as you go to Sunday school, remind everybody in your classes just to stay in this building for the 11 o'clock worship. Um, the 2019 offering envelopes are right back there, and they have your names on them, so feel free to pick those up uh, today as well. And then Sam Shermer is looking for deacons. There he is right there with the plate. He's looking for deacons for the Christmas Eve services tomorrow. 
Uh, so at 5.30, he needs, he needs deacons to help serve, do candles, and then at the 9 p.m. service as well to do candles, I guess, and serve, yes? Just candles, there's no communion. Um, so yeah, candles at the 9 o'clock service, we need deacons to step up for that, and for the early service as well. So talk to Sam right after the service if you can. And that would be great. Tonight, we do have our encounter service. It is on over in the sanctuary. Wait. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We're tough. 60, did you say? All right. We'll meet somewhere. So come on out. Who said they're not tough? Faye, are you not tough? Mm, It's all right. We'll let that slide. So anyway, we do meet 5 p.m. tonight. And then 6 o'clock, youth, we do have that. Nothing else is going on this evening. And then remember tomorrow, 5.30 is our traditional service. It will be right here, not in the sanctuary. And then 9 o'clock, the contemporary service, also right here. Nothing on Tuesday or Wednesday this week. No, Wednesday evening activities. And so we hope you have a wonderful Christmas season with family and loved ones. Anything I missed there, Tim? He says, no, we're good. Let me pray and we'll have our ushers come forward and receive this morning's offering. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to be here, to be gathered together, to uh, enjoy the fellowship that you have created through your son, Jesus Christ. And God, I thank you that we uh, can celebrate you this season and all throughout the year and throughout our lives because you are everything uh, that we have and everything that we are and nothing is apart from you. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for uh, the opportunity we have to give and to serve and to love in return. God, we pray that these offerings would go towards your kingdom, your glory, and that the name of Jesus would be extended uh, to those who need and desperately need your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. This is the angel candle or the candle of love. The angels announce the good news of a savior. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. God sent his only son to earth to save us because he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Amen. 
Good morning. All right, so we already said that. Sorry. <laughs> Would you please stand and uh, join us as we sing along and celebrate? Uh, we'll sing a Christmas carol. Um, it's it's kind of like what you're used to, but kind of not. So. Yeah. 
Heavenly Father, we praise your mighty name, not just once, but every day. We lift up our voices to the heavens. We stand in your presence. God, show us and fill our hearts to know of peace, to go out into the world to tell of the true love of Jesus. It is in your mighty name that we pray. We love you, God. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is found in the familiar gospel story of Christmas that we have been reading the last few weeks in preparation for the coming of the Christ child. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. As a third century man was approaching death, he penned these last words to a friend. It's a bad world, an incredibly bad world. But I have discovered in the midst of it a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of our sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. These people are Christians, and I am one of them. On this Lord's Day morning, immediately before Christmas. Many of us are experiencing the joy, peace, and happiness that come during this festive season. On the other hand, many others are experiencing the agony of what is known as the Christmas blues. For whatever reason, whatever circumstances, Christmas has lost its meaning It's joy for the person. The heavenly visitor's first words bring reassurance. He is a herald of good news. Joy is a recurring Lucan motif. And it's the proper response of people to God's saving deed. The people are God's people. At Jesus' birth, this was Israel, which later became the church, according to Luke's view of redemptive history. But as we speak of joy, sometimes joy eludes people because they look for joy in the wrong places. They look for joy in the things that are defined as joy as the world defines it, and not as God would define it. 
Pope John Paul II was quoted as saying, After I had faith, living things became precious to me. I wanted to pet them, hug them, babies and dogs and lizards, whatever. For me, the great fruit of belief is joy. There is a God, there is a purpose, there is meaning to things, there are realities we cannot guess at. There is a big peace and you are a part of it. God is good. Near Him is where you want to be. There's something called everlasting happiness. And St. Paul, a fiercely imperfect man who was a great man, was granted visions of it. And that great user of words was floored by it and said that no one can imagine how wonderful it is. The human imagination cannot encompass it. But why is it? When we come to services like these that people feel blue at Christmas? Why is it that during the week immediately following Christmas and the first week in the new year there are more admissions to psychiatric hospital wards than at any other two-week period of the year? Why is it that more attempts are made to commit suicide immediately following the Christmas season than in any other period of the year? Christmas is a time of joy for some, but a real time of depression for others. And there are a number of factors that contribute to this. Some experience depression at Christmas because they have hope that is exaggerated an exaggerated expectation of themselves and others that Christmas will fix what is wrong, will solve their problems, and when it doesn't, they go into deep despondency. We are bombarded by the joy of Christmas on the outside, but sometimes on the inside we are desperate for something to hold on to. Christmas brings out our need for dependence on others is another reason that it can become depressing. At times they fail us, and this can be very depressing. We all enjoy family, but sometimes family can bring us the most displeasure, can't they? We all see how happy everyone is on television commercials as they gather for Christmas. And people long for that. And the expectation is there, but the reality sometimes is not. The third thing that causes people difficulties. In the United States, Christmas is a family-oriented experience that often causes memories to come to the front. Some of these blight rather than bless, hurt rather than help. It is highly possible that each of us will come into contact with someone during these next couple of weeks who is experiencing depression, and we won't even know it. Depression can be detected in one who experiences a serious loss of sleep or appetite and is withdrawn. Only those who are alert will recognize this as a problem. But it has been suggested that each of us can give psychological first aid to depressed people if we engage them in meaningful activity, such as volunteering to help someone else. 
In some instances, we will need to help them alter their goals and their expectations of life. They may need to cut their task down into little pieces so that they can get a firm grip on them. We can help them to feel more hopeful and optimistic if we acknowledge their presence. It's important for us to understand that at Christmas we see all kinds of people who are engaging in helping other people, who want to help other people, who minister in the name of Jesus Christ or for whatever reason to give people things that they are in need of. And people are inundated and sometimes overwhelmed with others' generosity at this season of the year. And many times I believe it's because we want to feel good about ourselves and not necessarily the ones we are helping. Because the needs are as great on January 25th as they are on December 25th. The needs are still there in people's lives. But does the message of Christmas, which is supposed to produce great joy, have anything relevant to say to people who are depressed? After all, the angels proclaimed that it was good tidings of great joy. Christianity, which begins with the promise of good news that will bring great joy, should be more than just a strategy that enables us to cope with the pressures of life. Through the Christ who came at the first Christmas, God provides us with the ability to cope with life in a manner that will bring joy to us and will reflect His glory. The gospel, which is not good advice but good news, can produce great joy in living every day. The angels who announced the birth of the Christ to the shepherds were bringing good news that continues to be good news for all who will listen and respond. The joy the angels proclaims gives to us hope for the future. But what is that good news and how can it affect our lives? First, there is good news about God in the gospel story. The message of Christmas is that the God behind and above it all is a living God. The Bible does not seek to tell us when or how our universe came into being. Its major concern is is with the who and the why. The writer of the book of Hebrews declares in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, By faith we understand that the world was created by the word of God. The message of Christmas speaks to us of a living God who is above and behind the world. He is the God who comes into this world. He wants to dissipate our fears and encourage us to live a life of faith. One of the messages at that first proclamation of the Christ child was, Do not be afraid. It's very difficult to be joyful if you're afraid. The message of Christmas proclaims the good news about the living God who loves. In Jesus Christ, the living God declares to us that He cares and that He wants to help us. In Jesus Christ, God came into this world bringing great and precious gifts to humankind. Jesus Christ can bring joy into your life, but that joy is not an outward joy. It is an inward joy. It's a joy that comes from being content in your relationship with Christ. Paul spoke of that, didn't he? Paul spoke 
of finding contentment in all things in your relationship to Christ. He understood the peace that passes all of our understandings comes from within. You remember the song? We used to sing it when I was a child. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. You know that song? I was thinking about that this morning when I was running my sermon through my head. But where was that joy? Down in your heart, wasn't it? It was part of you. And Jesus wants to be part of our lives. He wants to be in our lives, bringing to us the joy that is down in our hearts. A man said he was waiting to see his doctor in June when an older couple arrived. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, the gentleman said to everyone in the waiting room. His enthusiasm was infectious. Most of the patients ignored the outburst. But the man decided to respond, Merry Christmas to you too. Sensing a sympathetic ear, the wife quietly said, It started this past year. For no reason, my husband would get the Christmas spirit. At first, we dismissed it. But then we realized how much joy it brought him. So we started decorating the house, singing carols, having a spur-of-the-moment celebration. You know, after doing this a number of times, we look forward to it. Christmas can come anytime, any place. It's always a pleasant surprise. Christmas heralded by the angels in the presence of the shepherds was indeed a pleasant surprise. And Christmas can be a pleasant surprise for those who believe in the Christ as well. Christmas comes whether we are prepared or not. In due time, God came and lived among us. We rush around preparing. I heard yesterday a term I don't believe I've ever heard before. It was They called it Panic Saturday. The Saturday before Christmas, you know, everybody's out. And let me tell you, if you were out in Mechanicsville yesterday, uh, it was panicky. Lots of traffic, lots of hustle, lots of bustle, lots of things going on. People were panicking. But you know, Christmas will come whether we are prepared or not. And sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to prepare in ways we shouldn't prepare. The simple flame of the Advent candle reminds us of the simplicity of the birth of Christ. We prepare. And we contemplate peace and hope and joy and love. Those are what make contentment at Christmas. The second thing that we can see here is that the good news of Christmas is for all people. The good news of Christmas is universal in its application for it meets the deepest needs of people of all colors, cultures, and countries. God in Jesus Christ comes with good news regarding the forgiveness of sin. 
Forgiveness does not appear in the glossary of a a psychiatric dictionary. The psychiatrist does not have a basis for offering the gift of forgiveness to those who are experiencing depression because they have broken God's law or violated their own conscience. Jesus Christ came that he might bear the penalty of our sin and offer to us the priceless gift of forgiveness. We will never know joy until we know forgiveness. We always are beating around in the dark and in the dark places of life until we come to the realization that we can find forgiveness in Christ. Jesus Christ brings good news regarding life. Around the world in every age people have stood in terror before the grim specter of death. Christ came to bring life to those who were in spiritual death because of sin. The assurance of a life that endures beyond the curtain that people call death can do much to dispel the gloom that threatens the souls of humans. Jesus Christ brings good news about belonging to God and to the family of God. The church is spoken of as a family of God and the household of faith. And let me encourage you and remind you that a warm, wonderful Sunday school class or other small group within the church can provide tremendous support for one who is experiencing stress. We come together for more than just learning. We come together for nurturing and caring and loving and living out our Christian faith among our brothers and sisters. A genuine Christian friend can be of tremendous value in times of crisis. In this Christmas season, let us extend hands of Christian love and fellowship to those who are experiencing loneliness and discouragement. There is somebody, if you would take five minutes out of your day on Christmas morning, Christmas Day, sometime during the day, and call someone you know that lives alone, you will make their day because you cared enough to think of them. And there are people who are lonely because there's no one. And Christmas stirs up memories past when there was someone. You can't feel that gap, but you can let them know that you care. Jesus Christ brings good news regarding help. Every one of us will stand in need of the help of God and others as time goes by. Paul bears testimony saying, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. The psalmist bears testimony saying, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth and God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. We can help other people. Ray Davis, we lost Ray yesterday. Some of you may not know that. Ray sat back to my right all the time, every Sunday, made the coffee, the coffee that you enjoyed. He and Bill White made that coffee and became good friends. More than one time, Ray would say to me, if I can't help people, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to be here if I can't help people. And Ray helped a lot of people with an encouraging word, with a biscuit, with all kinds of gestures of of kindness. He helped people. 
He wanted to be of help. Two weeks ago, he came and did something for me. He came to my house and fixed a tree that had kind of leaned during the last hurricane. And he and I was called Sam Loving came and they worked together and got that tree straight. And every time I see that tree, I think of Ray and the effort he made to come and help me. I say that because we all need to have that kind of attitude. Seeing needs and helping. We don't see needs many times because we look over them. But needs are there and we can help. Sometimes people don't know they're in need and yet some gesture we do reminds them. The Christ brings to us the good news concerning a precious home at the end of the road. Many homeowners consider their home to be their best investment, but there are others who never have the joy of owning a house they can call their own. Through the grace of God and the provisions of His Son, Jesus Christ, all believers can look forward to having a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens when this life is over. When George Mallory, famed mountain climber, was asked why I climb Mount Everest, this is the reply he gave. The first question which you will ask and which I must try to answer is this. What is the use of climbing Mount Everest? And my answer at once must be, it is no use. There is not the slightest prospect of any gain whatsoever. Oh, we may learn a little about the behavior of the human body at high altitudes and possibly medical men may turn observation to some account for the purposes of aviation, but otherwise nothing will come. We shall not find a single foot of earth that can be planted with crops to raise food. It's no use. So if you cannot understand that there is something in man which responds to the challenge of this mountain and goes out to meet it, that the struggle is the struggle of life itself, upward and forever upward, then you won't see why we go. What we get from this adventure is just sheer joy. And joy is after all the end of life. We do not eat, we do not live to eat and make money. We eat and make money to be able to enjoy life. That is what life means and what life is for. Jesus brought joy into our lives. In a world in which there is much bad news brought to us each day by newspapers, radio, television, and internet, let us listen to the good news that comes from God in and through Jesus Christ. Let us individually respond to the full implications of the good news the angels sang about the first Christmas. Let us accept Jesus Christ as the promised Messiah who came to meet the deepest needs of our lives. Let us trust in His death for the forgiveness of our sin and in His resurrected and living presence for the gift of eternal life. Let us face life with the resources he promises. Let us listen to the message of the angels who said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all.
And that includes us. Where is your joy? Where do you find joy? My prayer is we find it in the living Christ. Shall we pray? Oh Lord, the story never grows old. The hope that rests in the Christ child is real. And it brings joy into our hearts and into our lives because we know that through him we are forgiven. Help us, Father, to find this joy each day. Help us, Father, not to allow the world to rob us of this joy. Help us to embrace it as we embrace Christ. In whose name we pray. Amen. The joy that comes to us as followers of Jesus Christ is contagious. We have a responsibility to share as the angels shared. What is your response to the Christ? Will you stand as the praise band leads us?
second service in here and both of our Christmas Eve services will be here um, the problem with the boiler just to bring you up to date uh, it's a small part but it's a part that had to be ordered and it's a two-man job to fix the boiler and so they didn't have the resources here right at the holiday to tend to it so we went right to work on it on Monday got the word and then we're told that they probably would not get to it before Christmas so that's why we're having to meet over here and I just want to make it where we have done everything on our side that we could possibly do to um, make that happen but it's just not going to and as I said last week to the group in the second service I just thank the Lord that we have a place we can meet and uh, we're grateful for that um, the, uh, I mentioned Ray Davis to you. My understanding is the funeral will not be until Saturday. The visitation will be on Friday if it pans out the way they want it to. And it will be at Bennett's uh, funeral home. So just make you aware of that. Um, and please pray for his family. That happened rather quickly, even though Ray had been dealing with some issues for quite some time. So uh, we will pray for their family. Let's bow for a closing prayer. Gracious and eternal God, as we come before you, we do so recognizing that you have done everything for us. You have provided for us in ways that we could never imagine. You have loved us in a way that we could never contemplate. And so as we leave today, Father, may we do so with the full assurance that we go as ambassadors for you showing others the light of Christ in our lives so that they can see the joy of this season and the peace and the hope that it can bring. 
For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.